On today's episode, we discuss Monday Night Football and is the NFL's emphasis on quarterback safety putting the league at risk. This and much, much more, time to sideline the agenda. Welcome to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott. With me is Kevin and Chris. And welcome to the show that sidelines the talking points in the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically. Nothing is out of bounds and every subject is fair game. Well, coming up, NFL's roughing the passer, perfected into a disaster, and Troy Aikman professed the NFL needs to take off the dress. But first, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. All right. Welcome to Sideline the Agenda, everybody. So glad that you decided to take some time with us. Uh, A lot going on. Um, In the wake of Monday Night Football, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that game. Quite a game, actually. Uh, First, did you guys hear that uh, they got rid of Matt Rule, the uh, Carolina Panthers? Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> I guess uh, the decision. Hit the road yeah, jack. I hit the road. Jack is right. The decision to Go fire back to coach college. Matt Rule came down to an inability to get over the hump, according to Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper. Uh, he said, "It's winning. It's winning." Winning more this year than you did last year, you don't say. (laughs) Looking like you're going to win more than you did last year. By that definition, I don't think we're over the hump. That's that's actually pretty pretty cutting, man. Not by a long shot. (laughs) Yeah, so Rule was fired less than six full months after Tepper said it could take five, maybe six years to build an organization capable of sustained excellence. It seems like, to me, David Tepper isn't very good at patience. (laughs) (laughs) Tepper, a little temperamental. Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Tepper Pepper. It's funny, though, but I never thought that Matt Rule was right for the Carolina Panthers. Frankly, I never really saw him as an NFL coach, head coach. I mean, he had some success, of course, as I believe he was Baylor's head coach, right? Um, formerly. Yeah, yeah uh, college, he was great. But yeah, in a lot I'd of say times. you're right there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like a lot of times those great college coaches, uh, when they get the nod and, the, and they go up to the NFL, it just it just doesn't necessarily always work out, does it? No, totally different game. You got to have the quarterback in the NFL and with Darnold and Mayfield, you don't have the quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but this game. is funny. You know, I got to say this. I was listening to our show uh, because I love to hear the sound of my own voice, the show that we did last time. And we were talking about, you know, Bill Belichick and the excellence in coaching that he he, he put on display, frankly, um, uh, when they beat, now granted, the, the Detroit Lions, but in Foxborough, they, 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 uh, they, they blanked them, you know, with a geez, third string quarterback, right? Because yeah. uh, Jones is out, uh, uh, Hoyer was out, and it was like, you know, I, what's his name? Uh, Bippy, Blippy, 
Bixby. I can't remember his name, right? <laughs> Whippy, blappy, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like in direct uh, contrast, we were reviewing the uh, Miami Dolphins game. And it's like, well, what can you expect? You know, it's like uh, they've got uh, Skyler or something or other as their quarterback. Right. But it's like, hey, coaching can make a difference. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, yeah, I totally agree. It, it is important to have a good quarterback and a quarterback that's skilled at what they do. But that said, uh, you know, it, it also helps to have a good coach that can uh, be flexible with the way that they approach the game and uh, uh, coach themselves uh, past the situation that they seem to find themselves in. More on that later, uh, Ron Rivera. Anyway, um, let's move to Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football uh, was between the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. They were hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. This was uh, quite a uh, offensive matchup, a, 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 a very interesting and I imagine highly emotional game, especially for our uh, 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 on on a, a staff uh, fan, resident on resident fan uh, Kevin here. Um, so the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs they 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 squeaked this one out. They beat the Las Vegas Raiders thirty to twenty nine. What happened? Why? Talk to me. Talk to me about this 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 game that was seemingly wrapped in controversy and and uh, uh, so full of emotion. Great rivalry game. I mean, this, these guys, these teams, they always go at it. I love watching it. Um, it's even as a Kansas City fan, the the chart. Uh, excuse me, the Raiders definitely know how to play the Chiefs. Um, even at home, it. They they were they were catching them pretty early in the game, uh, applying a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and it was uncomfortable for him at first. Um, it's funny actually. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, admittedly, at the end of the game, did bring up, "Hey, you know the front line. You got we're gonna win with you guys, or we're gonna lose without you." And it's kind of a good point because uh, the minute they obviously took his words to heart, uh, seemingly they were you know opening. Um, the field up for him, giving him a little more time back there for him to kind of pick the the Raiders apart and you know come down and um, have some some good scoring drives. They look impressive. I will say that who didn't look impressive, at least to me anyway, Clyde's Hilaire. Uh, I just don't understand it. He's got nine carries, um, only fifteen yards, and that's your starter. I just I don't get why Chiefs want to stick you know with him. I I grade it. He's he's got he had a huge. Uh, he had some huge hype behind him, but it's just the numbers just don't reflect it. And I, I think that uh, he's missing the holes. He's going the opposite direction, and he's just going straight, you know, in the middle of the, the herd, and then, you know, falling down for a couple. And that's just that's just not good enough. I think they have a better run offense than what's being shown. And uh, I really think they should put Pacheco in there in the starting position. I said this uh, a couple weeks ago as well. It just seems like he has a little better vision. And that's all it really takes for, you know, a, a good running back is just to see down the field where your holes are and, you know, grab a chunk while you can. Um, I will say a fantastic game out of Travis Kelsey. I think that he was the spark that the Chiefs needed because in the first half, guys, I mean, they looked like a dead. They looked like a dud. They, they didn't they weren't doing what the Chiefs normally do. And uh, I think Crosby was looking pretty good for the Raiders defensive line. Um, I think they had I think he had two sacks on the game. 
Um, I, also noticing that with the Chiefs as well on the defensive side, uh, other than the secondary kind of looking like a joke and and um, big chunks of yards in, being given, literally given to you know Adams with sloppy coverage. And I know I get it, rookies, um, cornerbacks, rookie safeties, what have you, get it. But still, I do want to make the point that that pass rush is just really subpar. Um, getting to the quarterback only twice in the game, and you know you're you're getting half half. Um, you can half t- uh, sacks out of you know rookie Carl uh, Loftus and you know it's just, and then the other rookie Harris as a linebacker. It's just it's it's kind of inexcusable um, when you have Frank Clark. You paid him all this money. You got him from Seattle. He's not really shown up. And then you know Aaron, uh, uh, Chris Jones had a had a big game, but um, even still, eh, no no real numbers there. And um, I know one was taken from him, but. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, this was a close rivalry matchup. They play each other really well, but did the Chiefs really look like a four to one team to you guys? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, point. I mean, if you if you take out the most of the first half, they they looked like a great team after that. Yeah, <laughs> getting down seventeen to nothing early. Um, I actually was was pretty. I, I won't say I was surprised because we've seen the Chiefs do this over and over and over again. Get down and then just come roaring back, but. I think that uh, the Raiders really dropped the ball on this one. Once you got a lead like that, they were running all over the Chiefs. Jacobs was just getting chunk after chunk after chunk. He finished with 154 yards. If they just would have just kept giving him the ball, I don't think the Chiefs have the time to to come back in this game. Uh, but it actually seemed to to the whole game kind of hinged on that uh, that no call. Or that that call that shouldn't have been called that roughing call, right? Because uh, they were, I think they were down fourteen to nothing at that point. Yeah, that was the second and, quarter, uh, right? Second quarter, yeah, yeah. And uh, after that call, you know, they don't get the ball back, so they're not able to go down and score. And then the Raiders kept the ball and went down and scored to go up seventeen nothing. But since that point, I mean, it was a complete reversal, and and all the momentum, the crowd was really into it. It seemed to really fire up the Chiefs. And, uh, you know, they came roaring back and they think they scored 20, was it 21 unanswered or they scored basically on like five drives uh, in a row. And yeah, Kelsey, big game, four touchdowns, even though he only had 25 total yards, but still four touchdowns. Yeah. When you get in the red zone and you can, you can get it home, you know, that you can, you can win games like that. Mahomes, uh, after his slow start, he was pretty impressive. Uh, spreading the ball around, so it was kind of a typical Chiefs game after that that controversial call. Uh, so I give them credit for coming back, but I think if the Raiders would have stuck with that run more, uh, they they could have really controlled the game. But they decided to go to the pass. They were able to get a couple big plays. To your point, Kevin, to Adams, uh, he got a couple big plays. But other than that, they they missed some some plays, uh, some throws. I think he only had like he had a less than fifty percent completion rate to Adams, and then when it came down to the wire at the end of the game, <laughs> you had that in typical yeah. Raiders fashion. You got these guys running into each other. So I thought it was like a prototypical Raiders game to where they showed you kind of what the hype was about this year going in. They showed you all the talent, the weapons. You got Crosby uh, on defense, you know, causing havoc. You got Adams catching deep balls. Um, you've you've got the talent with with the run game as well. You know that they looked like they were worth all the hype in the beginning of the year, and then they kind of find a way to let another team back in. They make some mistakes, and then when it comes time to go down to the field to 
to take the game. They Adams can't control the ball inbounds, and then they run into each other on fourth and one. Why are you dropping? You know, throwing a bomb on fourth and one in the first place. So I, I thought that that was kind of funny. But the I Chiefs, even, you know, they're they're not going to go anywhere. No matter how far you get them down, they're always going to come back. Yeah, that's true. Very, very good fight. I mean, it was at home, so it did. The crowd seemingly did rile them up, which was um, nice to see, and they did turn around. I, I do agree with that. But the scary thing, even coming from as a Chiefs fan, let's just say you know the play before the collateral damage, right on the on the fourth and long that they went for it, which who knows they might have had the guy open. You know, it was working. It, you know, all game long apparently. But if Devonte, if he caught that that ball in bounds, yep. we'd be seeing a different story here. That would probably be enough for the field goal kicker. He's uh, Carlson was was doing a great job. You know, pretty much the whole game, nailing all the all the field goals. So I mean, we'd probably be seeing that the, the Raiders, you know, was going to come into. Uh, Arrowhead and steal one from the Chiefs and as as a four and one team or presumably could have been three and two team that's not something that we would expect and so I think that's what I meant by um, saying I don't know four and one team there's a lot of there's still some question marks I think the offensive once it started rolling it started rolling but I think there's a huge question mark with that running game and then obviously with the offensive line. Um, and then, of course, defensively as well, the defensive uh, up front. I think they have a couple good schemes they run, but um, not a lot of experience in the in the backfield and, and not a lot of pressure up front. I mean, for me, uh, to, to go back to that, that second quarter with the, the, the Chris Jones rough, roughing the passer call, I mean, prior to that point, it just felt like that game was all Las Vegas. It was the Raiders. Yeah. They were running away with it. And, I mean, obviously the, 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 the fans just, like, that really woke them up. That really got them involved. They were, like, just so vocal, booing the referees, booing that call that everybody, you know, clearly disagreed with. I mean, it was it to me. It just it motivated the Chiefs. Everything changed at that moment, and if that moment did not happen, for what it's worth, I don't know that the Kansas City Chiefs would have won that game. Um, it definitely didn't look like it was heading that direction. Uh, I, I think that the fans. I mean, here's here's just a, a little bit of what uh, you know. It was uh, apparently you know sounding like. <laughs> Like the whole Arrowhead, <laughs> all, all Arrowhead Stadium, just you know, refuse suck. And but it just wasn't like that in the moment of the call or after the call. It was constant and consistent. And and dare I say, I felt like I, I, I felt like there was a little bit of mob rule at Arrowhead that took over because I felt like not only did the play. Not only did that wake up the Chiefs themselves and the play improve, but it also kind of like they started getting the calls. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Was it? Was I the only one to see that? I, I felt like the, the rest were like, oh, shit, we better, you know, we're going to have a situation on our hands if we don't start appeasing this beast that's, uh, you know, we're completely surrounded by. <laughs> yeah, I'll say the the one call that really surprised me was the uh, on the field goal, the holding on the defense. That's a call that, I mean, I don't, I don't, can't remember the last time I've ever seen yeah. that one where it's the defense that's holding. Yeah. Uh, so that that was kind of a strange one, especially when he ended up missing that field goal. But yeah, I mean, with with the call in the first place, you know, if if 
we know what happened after it was made. If it wasn't made and just Jones does come away with that fumble, you know, it's still, it's a completely different game. Instead of going 17, nothing, maybe it goes 14, seven and they still come back. I mean, it's, it's tough to say how it would go, but definitely seemed to be the flashpoint of the game for sure. I will say that was a proud moment for me. It was a disgusting moment with the refs and I think everyone shared the same disgust, but that was a proud moment because these Chiefs fans all came together. They saw what how how ridiculous that was, and we rallied behind it. And we were booing, and they were booing the refs, and they were nonstop, like you said, Scott. They were nonstop. Even we got like a holding call, like even in the Chiefs' favor, <laughs> like literally a couple plays after that occurred. <laughs> yeah, they were and still we were booing still the previous booing car, them. call. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was great. And I honestly, I, I, it's been a long time since I've seen a fan base just stay on it, regardless of whether they were trying to give them makeup calls or whatnot. They were still booing them every time the ref blew the whistle. Well, what's his it name made, made that long field goal, which would just seem like a miracle in itself because it seemed like he could barely, you know, make the uh, extra point conversions. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. That kicker, the uh, can't remember his name right now, but even he Matthew nails. Wright. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> um, he <laughs> he nails that. What was it like a 50 yarder or a 54 yard like field 59 goal? 59 or something. 59, yeah, so yeah. Com- completely wow. un- uncharacteristic as, as far as what we had seen from him. And 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 the whole crowd goes wild and then goes immediately back to booing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, well, that gotta, was awesome. I, mean, I, I got to awesome. say, I mean, the, the Chiefs, you know, we talked about this back in, I think it was week three after, after this game when they basically got robbed with the Colts. So they were already kind of sore with, with some of these calls because it cost them a game already. Yep. And now they're here, they are thinking, oh, no, here it is again. So, yeah, I, I don't blame them. And, and I, I, I do like it when I see fans in the stadium really get into the game. I, you know, being an L.A. fan, we're not used to seeing anything like that out here. So it is nice to see a home crowd really get into it and really, you know, be part of the game. You know, they can really affect the game. So that that was fun to see. Yeah, it's also nice that to w- see all the all the fans wearing, you know, the 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 team's color, you know, of red. See a red, yeah. you know, unlike games, you know, here it's always uh, seemingly the uh, the visiting team. I will. Right. I agree with you too, Chris. It's something with maybe some ref, you know, animosity towards Chris Jones because you know he had that ridiculous call in, <laughs> in in Indianapolis, which obviously cost them the game. But yeah, you might be onto something like that. Maybe they just, you know, maybe they got some against this guy. Maybe he mouths off too much. I don't. I don't know. But he finds himself. He definitely finds himself in the middle of. Couple what ab- what sure. about? Uh, I mean, we haven't really gotten into this that much. Uh, what about Kelsey's performance? That uh, was it. Four touchdowns he four had touchdowns, on the night. Yeah, it's a no, Kansas City. She's, it's a record. Yeah, nice to see him show up. I mean, not saying that he hasn't shown up, but he hasn't seemingly been utilized as much. Uh, yeah, in, in I the thought previous that. Weeks. That I, I said going into the season when I was talking with Kevin, I was like, they need to be getting him like it the Cooper cup treatment. He's to be getting like 10 to 14 targets a game. They really need to yeah. feed him. So it, it was nice to see that, you know, in the red zone, they, they did go to him and he's, you know, he's putting himself into the conversation with, I don't know how much longer he's going to play, but of being one of the greatest tight ends ever, you know, he'll be up there with the Gronkowski's and the Gonzalez's and the Shannon sharps. If he's not even past some of those guys. So yeah, he's he's having a one heck of a year so far. Uh, I think he's had 
a touchdown in I think at least every game this season so far, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, that that was great. And then also one thing that was kind of ironic is uh, Patrick Mahomes passed Troy Aikman's career touchdown total of uh, I think it was 168 or 169, something like that. And Aikman didn't mention it at all in the game. <laughs> you would think that he would be uh, kind of aware of that and at least mention it. But I thought that was kind of ironic. Maybe he didn't want to mention it. I don't know, who, who knows? But uh, Mahomes did it in like like 100 games less than Aikman. You know, it's a different era now. They throw a lot more. And Aikman did have Smith. So, you know, he's going to be back there running the ball a lot. But I thought that was kind of a – they should have mentioned that. You would think on the career all-time list that Mahomes passes Aikman, and Aikman is the one calling the game. Yeah. I feel like somebody was probably in his ear about the uh, the dresses comment that he made um, <laughs> yeah, in, in the wake of the Chris Jones uh, uh, roughing the passer passer call um, that that was uh, uh, probably seemingly controversial and they they were probably in his ear asking him to take it back. Kind of kind of appreciate Cho Aikman for that too. I, I, I do a lot of respect yeah. from him because here, 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 here it is. Here it is. My hope is the competition committee looks at this in the next set of meetings and you know we take the dresses off. <laughs> take the dresses off is what he's saying. <laughs> Hoping the competition uh, committee takes a look at it and. We take the dresses off because we definitely do. Yeah. We'll get to that later in the show, but before we do to, as well, we, uh, you know, obviously the Raiders not very pleased losing uh, this game, especially um, uh, the wide receiver Devonte Adams, uh, who was seen as he was exiting the field uh, post game, um, pushing a uh, an individual over. Some said it was a cameraman. Um, apparently, it was some kid. The Kansas City, uh, Missouri Police Department released a statement saying that the victim is a photographer at the Chiefs-Raiders game. And uh, at the end of the game, he was pushed to the ground, causing injury. <laughs> oh, my <Yeah>. neck. <laughs> <laughs> he Smart made arrangements. Kid. Yep. Here, well, it gets better. He made arrangements for private transport to the hospital for treatment, at which time he called police. The injuries are preliminarily thought to be non-life-threatening. The incident will be investigated by our SALT unit detectives. Upon completion, they will coordinate with the applicable city or state prosecutor to determine any applicable charges. So this isn't going to necessarily go away for Devontae Adams. And I also wonder if the league will get involved and if he's maybe looking at a one-game suspension. I think he should absolutely be suspended. I mean, if we got from what we saw early in the season with Kyler Murray being assaulted, <laughs> they had how right. many articles, how many headlines all over ESPN and NFL were talking about the assault. For fingertips. Yeah. What have you seen with Adam so far? Have you seen assault headlines all over the place? Have you seen him, oh, an NFL player hospitalizes. That's right. You know, crew at, at the football field, you know, cameraman crew or whatever. Yeah, it's just ridiculous, the double standard and how these guys are a protected class, uh, which we've, we've talked about several yeah, times they, they've before. got more money than, so, than us. Uh, Devontae Adams has more money than the cameraman just yeah. trying to make a buck, schlepping equipment around, <laughs> accidentally runs in front of Devontae Adams. So, But clearly, get get out of my way, peasant. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> don't you know who I am? Ground. I'm royalty here. You exactly. get out of my way. You don't step in front of me. So Adams was already mad because he blew the game with his 
his catch that he couldn't reel in in bounds. And then he's mad because he ran into Renfro on the fourth and one. So they literally, you know, threw the game away there. And it, he was directly involved with that. So he's already steaming mad. They're one and four. He's not having a good year. So on his way out, yeah, this guy happens to run in front of him. And, you know, he kind of showed his, his, his true colors there real quick, shoved the guy to the ground. So credit to the guy. You know, I'm sure he's not hurt at all, but he's very smart. He got, he got my neck, probably an my ambulance neck. taking him over to the hospital. <laughs> Filing his, his police reports. He's like, Adams, mm, all that money you got with your trade over to Vegas. I'm going to get some of that. I'm going to go to the, one of these casinos right afterwards, too. So, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of, I mean, it, I think it's kind of sad and pathetic that it's it's to that point. But that's kind of where we are now yeah. in this society. And, and we aren't, aren't the ones that, that made the rules this way. It's It's been them. So I'm kind of glad that he's, he's taking it there. Um, Adams, to his credit, he did apologize immediately afterwards. Yeah, I want to um, say what he said. He said, uh, I want to apologize to the guy. There was some guy running off the field, and he, he ran, like jumped in front of me coming off the field, <laughs> and I bumped into him, yeah, <laughs> kind yeah. of pushed him, and he ended up on the ground. So I wanted to say sorry to him for that because that was just frustration mixed with with him. What? So that was just frustration mixed with him literally just running in front of me. <laughs> I should have not responded that way, uh, but that's how I initially responded. So I want to apologize to him for that. So he did, You're like you're saying, to his credit, he did apologize. Yeah, at least he apologized. But for somebody it. was probably like, wrong, "Oh but. shit, Devonte! They they putting him up in the gurney, man. <laughs> They're putting him in the back of an ambulance right like, now." You better son. make a statement quick. <laughs> better try to get out in front of this thing. <laughs> oh my goodness! And this so guy yeah, was a freelancer too, so you know he's out there. Trying, he's gonna push oh, yeah. everybody. He ain't got he no medical insurance. <laughs> oh, yeah. Devonte no is gonna be his, his medical insurance and life insurance and retirement plan all built. In two, one. <laughs> yeah, you just know Adams is walking in the tunnel, very frustrated with the game, and then the kid walks, you know, walks right in front of him, and he's just like, "Hey, punk, get out the way!" <laughs> and he won and somehow the lottery. Gets the yeah, yeah, the malice. Uh, that guy's so smart. <laughs> My vision, it's blurring. But yeah, Done dropped I mean, the ball fading. again there, Adams. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got to know better than that. You can't be putting your hands on people like that, whether they run in front of you or not. So I mean, that's you're, right. You're in a helmet I, and I, pads, man. I think he should be suspended after all the 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 drama that was going on with the Murray thing. This is, I mean, this is ten times worse than that ever was. Well, so, yeah, I mean, it'll the, be interesting the, to see what they do. Yeah, and and there you go. Then that is the double standard, and they are. More and more our athletic overlords, this this uh, I- idolatry that we have for these individuals simply because they play a game that children can play literally every day, but they happen to make millions and millions of dollars. All of a sudden, the, the subtext is that they're better than us. 
I guess in Devontae Adams, uh, you know, defense, he does have uh, silver shoes. So, um, but uh, uh, that doesn't give him the right to push people house. over. Yeah. <laughs> Taco and Bell in his house. He heard the bell. He, he had to just rush to the bell. Uh, that's right. That should have been his defense. You push a kid where your hands are full of cameras. Like, the, the guy's door's going to fall to the ground. Uh, well, good for him for taking the dive. Uh, smart guy, even if it's a flop, you know, the flop to the <laughs> flop to the millions. All right. Well, let's move on. But before we do, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Go ahead and give us a five-star rating and tell your friends about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. So as we mentioned before, there was that controversial rush, roughing the passer call. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs game um, against the Raiders. Chris Jones uh, coming at Derek Carr uh, as he was sacking him from behind. The ball popped out, or he perhaps maybe even kind of stripped it, uh, brought had the ball under his control, and both of them collectively were falling to the ground. Uh, Chris Jones very obviously, in my opinion, reached out with his left arm to brace his fall. That's not how the referees saw it. They threw the flag uh, for roughing the passer, um, saying that Chris Jones intentionally came down on top of the quarterback with his full and complete body weight. Um, But this is just one of many, many calls that we've seen in the NFL lately. Um, For example, uh, just, uh, what was it, two days prior, was it, on Sunday, the Falcons defensive tackle Grady Jarrett was flagged by referee Jerome Boger, who seems to be uh, at the center of these calls, a lot of these calls. Um, Anyways, he was uh, uh, flagged for seemingly a harmless sack on Tom Brady. Oh, Tom Brady, you can't touch Tom. (laughs) You were looking at him. I throw the flag. The penalty gave the Buccaneers a first down and allowed them to run out the clock on a 21-15 victory. Uh, Boger also made a similar critical call late in the fourth quarter of the Ravens-Bills game a week earlier on a play that many also thought did not warrant a flag. Um, Roughing the passer is the only rule where referees are instructed to err on the side of caution. So, of course, there's somewhat of an emphasis on that call, even though there isn't technically an emphasis, if that makes sense. Like, the NFL did not give officials a directive to emphasize roughing the passer penalties following the Dolphins quarterback uh, Tua Tagovailoa concussion. Uh, so so this wasn't a response in regards to that injury, that concussion that Tua received, but it is still an emphasized rule because they are instructed to err on the side of caution. Um So the league is uh, apparently, uh, they're not necessarily planning to make any rule changes amid the outrage over these two disputed calls here in week five, the Tom Brady one, the Chris Jones one. Um, And they do say that roughing the passer penalties are down 45% from this point last year through week five in 2021. Uh, 51 were called and only 28 have been called this season, according to league stats. 
So regarding the competition committee, regarding the NFL, regarding the the mothering of the NFLPA, especially all in the wake of the Tua Tagovailoa injury, because this is, again, this is the big problem here, is that everything is, it's all about response, reaction, a reactive response to, to something that happens almost in a vacuum, if that makes sense. Uh, like, for example, um, the league... I don't know if you guys remember when they, uh, let me back up. I'm going to say that Chris Jones thought or commented in the locker room after Monday night's game that he thought that maybe perhaps this is a call that should be under review. But we've tried this before, right? Like we've tried the under the review in regards to the passing interference call. They did that in reaction to the outrage of what was as me and Chris know, as Rams fans, the perfectly reasonable fourth quarter, you know, <laughs> non-pass interference call against right. the New Orleans Saints <laughs> in that playoff game between the Saints and the Rams. Right? There was a lot of people. I don't know why, as a, as a Rams fan, they, they but they have, <laughs> believe it or not, they have they have this opinion that that was a pass pass interference in that fourth quarter in in, in New Orleans uh, that 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 arguably cost the Saints the game, uh, cost them the ability to go to the Super Bowl. So. In response to that crazy idea that that was even pass interference to begin with, uh, they <laughs> they decided to put pass interference under review the following season. And that washed out. It didn't keep because uh, it was just it, it, the experiment. It just it, it failed. The, the, the rule, you know, it, it, it didn't it didn't stay to the following year. So point is, is that this is obviously this whole new emphasis Airing on the side of caution in regards to passing, uh, roughing the passer, excuse me, in the name of player safety, in the name of protecting the quarterback, has had an uptick to it lately in direct response to a, to a Tago Vailoa injury concussion um, that happened uh, several weeks ago. So, what do you think? Like, I know they've thrown a lot at you. Like, is this when? When do we get back to football? <laughs> is Troy Aikman right? Does the does the uh, 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 the competition committee need to take the dresses off? Do do we need a revamp? A a come to Jesus moment in regards to uh, NFL football as a whole? Um, because it just seems like there's just a lot of. Uh, uh, empathy coming from the, the the matriarch that's trying to push for uh push for safer practices in a game that is inherently not safe right yeah it's it's pretty maddening and if you've been following our show you know this was a subject that's been kind of coming up and you see some of our posts we're talking about the uh we need the Referee Accountability Act. We need to sign that into law immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that the play should be like a reviewable play like they did with the whole pass interference thing. That was just a complete debacle. Uh, it pretty much never worked. Um, but it should be like, you know, when there's like a, a, a turnover or some kind of call that's pretty much blatantly obvious that they missed it, they'll just, the referees will get overridden from New York pretty much immediately before even the coaches have to challenge it and they'll just fix it on the spot. So I think they need to have some oversight over some of these calls that they make. And if it's a, a situation like last night where it's clearly not 
the call that they made on the field, they can just buzz down and say, hey, pick up the flag. Like, you missed that one. The ball was out. He actually possessed the ball. You can't rough the passer when you're literally possessing the ball. But another thing that was just kind of maddening and frustrating was, I, I guess the referees are interviewed by some kind of writer, um, some journalists after the game. Yeah, and the guy right. was still sticking by his by his call. Yeah. He said that he's still considered a passer and they're afforded protections, but it, it doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, what he said just doesn't. Yeah, he said he said the, quor- the quarterback is in the pocket and he is in a passing posture. He gets full protection of all the aspects of what we give the quarterback in passing posture. Uh, this was uh, this was Carl Sheffers. Uh, my ruling was the defender landed on him with full body weight. The quarterback is protected from being tackled with full body weight. <laughs> yeah, which was totally bogus, and you know you can clearly see on maybe from his point of view it kind of looked like that, but from all the other point of views it didn't. And you can clearly see that in a video. So that's where they need to be able to override them remotely, uh, bare minimum. But as a whole with the NFL, they only care about the money and they only care about the product. And they're kind of going on the route of like the NBA where they're just a superstar league. So they're doing everything they can to protect their quarterbacks because they don't want to see a bunch of quarterbacks getting hurt. So from that standpoint, I get it. But at the same time, you're... You're watering down the sport that everyone wants to watch because it's a great sport because of the contact in the first place. So you're kind of destroying your own product by trying to protect your stars. So you got to walk that fine line to where you still need to allow the physicality, like Aikman said, take the dresses off. And the other thing that you can't be doing is having refs decide the outcomes of games with bogus calls like that. That's by far the most frustrating part where you got a referee that can throw that little flag and make a completely bad call. And the team that benefits from that call more oftentimes than not is going to go win the game. <laughs> so that yeah. that's the part that they need to figure out. They need to have some oversight on that. I don't think it needs to be a challengeable call where the, you know, the coaches are out there throwing the flags and then you got to stop the game and then it becomes a whole other can of worms but they need to be able to on very obvious situations like that buzz down and override it because we saw the brady call was atrocious you know brady's never going to come out and just admit it but you could pretty much tell by his his answer that he gave or he's kind of avoiding it uh that he agrees it wasn't roughing and uh it clearly wasn't roughing on Carr. and then if you're going to stick to the standard of the roughing that they called on brady where he's slung down to the ground we see that all the time. Mahomes got slung down. Yeah, I was going to say he got in the yeah. Monday night game. They didn't throw so the flag on that one, did they? It's 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 so dumb. And these damn refs making these calls, especially towards the end of games, where they're they're deciding outcomes. It it needs to really be reined in, and they need to have some oversight over those guys. Yeah, these calls are really atrocious. They are really a negative impact on the whole sport in general. Because I agree with you guys. This is why we tune in. This is why we love this sport so much. And uh, to uh, Joe Buck's point, you know, these are big guys down there. They're not just little, like, little, you know, nerds or little, you know, guys down there. No, these are <laughs> they're professional they're, football they're players. They're professional for athletes. They're big dudes. They got He's pads on. They got helmets. <laughs> you know, they can, they, they have the option to get out of the pocket if they feel like they're in danger. And if they stay there too long, they pretty much know what happens. They're a student of the game, they're, they're at an elite level. And this is part of the game. And so us taking 
taking a portion out of the game just to you know be precautious of something that could or potentially would or may happen is 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 frustrating in itself and so you know NFL needs to put a stop to it i think chris that's a great idea if they you know have like a an overriding you know uh, you know ref that's overseeing each of these games um, that's maybe it's been in the the you know the the fr- industry for a long time so they they know what the right call needs to be we can't have former football professional football players you know commentating games and literally just blasting the ref or la- blasting the game itself i mean that's going that's detrimental to the sport in itself um, a lot of us have even grown up watching Troy Aikman. So if he's if he's saying what he's saying live on air without second hesitation, that that should tell all of us, you know, that there's a huge issue here and there's something wrong with the sport. And again, what happened um, with Tom Brady is 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 a joke. I mean, this is kind of there was kind of been some undermining. You know, this is kind of been what we've been seeing for quite a while now especially in regards to Tom Brady but to your point as well Chris I mean we're seeing other quarterbacks get thrown down just as hard I see Carson Wentz literally running for his life you know game in game out you know I rarely see any calls going for Carson Wentz out there not that he should you know because he know again he knows the dangers when he steps out of the pocket or if he's in the pocket for too long, he's he knows that he's going to get sacked. And obviously he's experienced it many, many times before. And we should just have the same equal treatment for every single quarterback that's on the field. Now, if something comes out and someone is, you know, really laying it on or spearheading someone in the back, you know, stuff like that, I, I get, I get. But the they really need to hold on the flags a, a lot more than what we're seeing because we are seeing these these penalties come down where they're they're literally momentum killers for a particular team, and they really become hard to you know jump over the hurdle just to gain some kind of leverage or motive you know um, momentum back in the game, and it, it really does to come to the refs deciding the game, or there's so many deciding factors where it's based upon the ref. And that's a problem. No one wants to see that, and it, it really does aggravate everybody, even including you know fans that are not necessarily going for that team. If you're just a football fan in general, you don't want to see teams or games decided in this manner. Um, and not to blame the refs, I understand they have a hard they have a hard job. Um, I, I get it, but if just hang on to the flag. If you don't know, just hang on to it because we see a lot of. A lot of bad calls this year, and it's it's a reoccurring theme for sure. Yeah, the the referees are definitely kind of the scapegoat in this situation because it really does come down to policy. I mean, they're just doing, in theory, they're they're just doing what has been is coming from top down. Uh, that said, going back to that Joe Buck comment where he was talking about just the size of the quarterback, like, for example, he was pointing to Troy Aikman and his size and that these guys are big dudes and, and uh, you know, they're, they're, they're built for this sport. And then consider somebody like Kansas City Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones and his size. And it's like, well, what about him? He, he still needs to have his body still needs to go somewhere you know when he's created momentum in regards to pursuing a quarterback making contact with said quarterback who still has the ball you know is he supposed to magically pirouette out of off to the side you know of of uh, the individual he's trying to tackle which is part of the game and and uh of course he's going to come down on him with his body 
the purpose of the rule is to not drive down and you know how they'll they'll skydive practically, belly flop. right? Yeah. They'll belly flop. They'll put both arms up and legs up and they'll just full come down on them with their entire weight. That it's, it's supposed to keep that from happening. Not a, a standard tackle where you fall to the ground on top of the individual because that's a tackle. So, so what I would say to the NFL, what I would say to the officiating is just don't emphasize it anymore. You know, like this whole idea of error, excuse me, don't err on the side of caution or don't err on the side of roughing the passer. Don't err on the side of anything. Just call, use your eyes Use the brain that you've been given by God and be able to read a situation. Get better at that. Everybody saw that there was no malicious intent behind Chris Jones' hit on Derek Carr. Everybody saw that there was definitely no malicious intent intent on on the Tom Brady hit. But Tom Brady gets that flag. He he did, like to me like that was just Tom Brady getting Tom Brady's flag. Like that's like NFL policy. It's like again if if somebody looks at Brady the wrong way, throw the flag. So is this is this a situation where we just there's these have all been kind of buttoned up, bookended, you know, close to each other? Uh, is this a a theme, a new uh, challenge that the league has to take on in the wake of the concussion of uh, Tua Tago Vailoa? Is this uh, just kind of that like we're we're going to really, really error on the side of the caution or error on the side of uh, pass roughing the passer because of that concussion and and use our response um, you know uh, reaction uh, like we did with the PI many years ago. I don't know. to me, it's just it's still it's it's really it's really stifling stifling the, the the play that's out there, the competitiveness you 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 get guys pursuing you know quarterbacks and and half the time they don't even. They barely even touch them because it's like they're afraid to get flagged and 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 uh, and catch a roughing the passer call. So it's it's just that something needs to be solved. It's not good for the league. Uh, it's not good for the game, um, and uh, it's not good for America. And I mean that's their job yeah. too. Their job is to put pressure on a quarterback and literally sack them. And you're right, Scott. I mean he he might be getting calls just because. You know, like we were watching NBA when Shaq would get the ball, he would get offensive fouls all the time just because of how big the guy is. <laughs> you might be seeing a little bit of this in the NFL. Yeah, he's but just, yeah, you were, uh, uh, Scott, you were pretty much talking about one of my major complaints with the NFL officiating in general. And not even, I mean, this was way before all this stuff was going on right now. Right. And it's the way that they officiate to where they literally officiate exactly the rule as it's written. Right. As opposed to what is the purpose of the rule? And in this situation, does that apply? The their purpose of the roughing the passer was you can't hit them low at the knees. Clear that that wasn't the case. You can't flop on him. Was he full on belly flopping Tony no. Siragusa onto the guy? No, that's that's the purpose of that rule. Those things didn't happen. Therefore, you don't throw the flag. Did he hit him up high? Did he spear him in the head? No. And the other things that would drive me nuts that these damn officials would call was like contact to the helmet when guys are are uh, going after the quarterback. And you know, there's they're kind of got up that big U 
uh, horseshoe around them and they're all reaching for the ball and their hand just like inadvertently hits them on the face mask and they call a roughing the passer or contact to the head. It's like, dude, he's got a freaking helmet on. How is that roughing the passer when you just barely smack him on the head because you're trying to swipe at the ball? That's not the purpose of the rule. The purpose is you don't go in there and spear the guy in the helmet, helmet to helmet. Like that's the purpose of it. And these guys don't they don't seem to understand the purpose of the rule and just officiate it as follows. They want to say, well, you touched him in the head. That's what the rule says. You you, you got to throw a flag if you touch him in the head. Like he's not being roughed. Like that's not the yeah. Maybe the they're robots. Rule, you know, maybe it's maybe like, they've God been damn. they've been completely erased of any uh, uh, common sense. You know, because like you're saying, it is. It's just it, just watch. Just use your brain. Just like it's not it, like a robot would call a game like this. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully yeah, it's something ridiculous. changes. It's a, it's an issue, and and the, I, they really need to coach these officiate these officials on that. These yes, these are the rules, but understand what the purpose of the rule is and referee accordingly. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. These deciding games that way, it just can't continue. And you know what? I mean, because what are we gonna do? Are we gonna put the fucking quarterback in a goddamn Pope mobile? You know yeah. what I mean? We're gonna have uh, two in the linemen bubble. up in the, uh, you know, in in the car section, and then the quarterback will be up on the bed of the truck with the little, you know, <laughs> bulletproof glass around him. Said hike, <laughs> bless you, right. bless you. Down the field he goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to Thursday night. Uh, quick preview here. We've got uh, what is it? The uh, oh, the Washington oh, Commanders taking on the Chicago Bears the in year. Chicago. This is clearly, the, I mean, this is when when Jeff Bezos bought Thursday Night Football for all of those billions. It was for it was for games like this. <laughs> I mean, who got knows? The, Maybe this game will be way better than that dud last week. Well, God, oh, see, I, <laughs> I, I have to believe that, that it'll be better uh, than what was it—the Colts oh, versus the Broncos. This yeah. must Overtime be. Thriller. If somebody scores a touchdown, it will automatically <laughs> be better. Uh, so yeah, the Washington Commanders. I mean, they're uh, one and four, I believe, not looking too good. And and obviously things aren't necessarily getting better when you have head, head coach Ron Rivera uh, making comments when asked, you know, why they're one and four, um, and what seems to be the issue. And his one answer was quarterback. <laughs> like yeah, if you're man. Carson Wentz, you got to be like, what the hell, dude? And uh, you know. When when Carson Wentz has it's week five and Carson Wentz has been sacked twenty times, it's the quarterback's fault. Seems like you have other issues afoot there, Rivera. Uh, like how about an offensive line? You know, uh, how about some blocking for the poor guy? The guy he's a man on the run. We talked about this. Like he's he's a fugitive. Uh, 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 Carson Wentz is a quarterback. Like he's just running to 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 to, to save his life. Um, but uh, you know. Uh, head coach to the stars, Ron R- Rivera is, is uh, <laughs> he's not above, he's not above uh, a scapegoating and uh, plopping something entirely on his, uh, his new quarterback. Talk about throwing him under the bus. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That'd be like, that'd be like McVay. Well, how come you guys aren't having a good year? Oh, Stafford quarterback. Yeah. Terrible. Like, <laughs> he's been sacked like 25 times. I mean, he's got no O-line in front of him. He's got practice squad guys in front of him. But yeah, Stafford, he sucks, man. I don't he know what got to do. Sacked I can't, nine, I can't Wentz got sacked nine times in one Jeez. game against the Philadelphia oh. Eagles. Like, yeah. like, and you want to say, now don't get me wrong. I don't think any of us think that Wentz is, you know, 
know, an elite quarterback, you know, but, but at this, like to just dump, to, to literally just take a fat shit on your quarterback in front of everybody <laughs> at a presser. And it's like, yeah, what if, what do you want from me? I'm just the fucking head coach. <laughs> like just the audacity <laughs> of that, the look of that, you know, apparently, you know, in the news, they said that the, you know, he, he got with Wentz today or, you know, they, they, yeah, they talked yeah, through it. it yeah. <laughs> oh man. What a, what a piece of crap Ron Rivera is. Yeah. I mean, you should almost be fired for something like that. Jeez. I mean, as a so, I mean, what's your team going to think, man? Well, your yeah. whole team's going to be like, oh yeah, we can't win because we got this bum quarterback and you just blame well, it all yeah, on our him. Head coach said yeah. it's okay to just blame him. <laughs> yeah. If I was Rivera, crushing, I, I, I'd get hurt the next game. Oh yeah, I would not want to go first. Be first sack you take. Oh, Omar! Heck yeah! See how this next guy is. Take a dive bigger than that guy (laughs) getting pushed by Devontae Adams. Uh, Maybe I will say that for his job. It's like I can't have him blame me. Let's blame the quarterback. No, it's definitely his. It's definitely coaching at this point. If you know there's a problem offensive line, it's it's whose job to fix that matter. You know, nine sacks and then not get better. I mean, Carson Wentz is. He's been on the run, like we've been said. But, I mean, honestly speaking, Carson doesn't look so bad sometimes. He's the only one that's actually doing anything on this team. How many times do I tune in and see the commanders and I see Antonio Gibson out there dropping passes right to his face. He's just dropping it. All it was, it's just it's not a good offensive uh, production coming out of them. And I would say Carson's the only one seemingly that's, that's doing, doing anything out there. They're just... Uh, well, I, don't, you, I don't know. You about got that. Rivera too, who's a like five hundred quarterback, or excuse me, five hundred head coach. You know, at, at most, and you know he had a gift of what Cam Newton and. Uh, uh, in Carolina, and then you know he, he was the one who was able to make the uh, the 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 player uh, calls. You know, in Washington, I remember that being a stipulation of his contract, and he was, you know, really hands on. And he had his himself Haskins, who he got rid of. I don't know if Haskins was there before or after him, um, but you know, like now he's got Wentz. Just, like he's not like it's not like he's he's turned you know a bunch of quarterbacks elite you know under his right. uh, uh, under his guidance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just it just it just comes across like all the more cruel and just actually just I don't know just not it just speaks to his character. You know? Yeah, it's not. I mean, I know everybody's really you know happy for him to to beat colon cancer, but like. I'm sorry, you're still a piece of shit doing this kind of a thing. Um, I don't know, but uh, so yeah, anyway, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. I will I was say. say in their their Tennessee game, with there they lost to Tennessee. You know, Wentz, I would just his numbers: twenty five of thirty eight, three hundred fifty nine yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. Like that's a pretty good day for yeah. a guy under all kinds of pressure like that. And here, yeah, have, we'll say. Yeah, who do you want, Rivera? Do you want uh, Justin Fields as your quarterback or Carson Wentz? <laughs> Yeah, I will say, too, looking at their schedule, I mean, all the losses that they've got, I mean, looking at them, except for the Detroit Lions, which was probably a surprise, I mean, all these losses, they were kind of, you know, they, they probably should have lost the game, you know, they're losing to the Titans, losing to Dallas Cowboys, losing to Philadelphia Eagles, and then, right. of course, the Lions, but, I mean, yeah, these aren't chumps. those are all losses, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true, but yeah, don't expect much out of this game, I mean, I don't know, maybe this will fire up the Commanders and they'll go out and, and get a win. Um, but yeah, the Justin Fields, the bears, they don't look too good either. So we'll see who sucks less. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm picking the I'm picking the commanders to come out and win this game. Uh, yeah. Justin Field sucks. He's got more picks than he does touchdowns, at least in the air. He's got four interceptions, three touchdowns on the year. I'm picking Carson to come back unless he gets hurt, which I don't blame him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Carson Wentz is obviously susceptible to getting injured. That's been his big Achilles heel, pardon the pun. But that said, it would be great to see him have like a five touchdown uh, passing, a 400-yard passing game, except for the fact that I know that Ron Rivera would then turn around and take credit for it. Yeah. Be like, see that talking to that I did? See how I motivated him with my one <laughs> word? Because I'm just that awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm God's gift to football. Use the old reverse psychology on them. You guys didn't know. Yeah, I you didn't know. Skill. You oh. ever heard about that? That reverse psychology? Yeah, <laughs> I just educated you on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm into that kind of stuff, mind manipulations and things. I'm Ron Rivera. I'm a head coach. <laughs> That's what I used on cancer. I use reverse psychology on it, and I beat it. I said, oh, no, cancer, you got me. I'm going down. You're so strong. Oh, <laughs> nope. And then I kicked it right out my ass. Well, this, this show has taken an unfortunate turn. Uh, good for you, oh Ron. Good for you. Good for you, Ron. We're, we're rooting for you, and we're rooting for Carson Wentz. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here on Sideline the Agenda. Oh, my goodness. I can't get over that. Well, thank you for listening to this show. Please subscribe to Sideline the Agenda on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast entertainment. Give us a five-star rating, won't you? Tell your friends about the damn show, too. My name's Scott, that's Kevin, that's Chris. This is Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game.